Becoming the Channel explores the transformational power of wealth consciousness and offers a pathway to spiritual growth, business development, and leadership, especially for wayshowers, thought leaders, and messengers. I'm Dr. Robin McKay, your host. I'm an award-winning psychologist and author, advisor to CEOs, leaders, and spiritual entrepreneurs. And I've been a clear intuitive channel since I was a little kid. Through conversations with leading experts, thought leaders, and everyday people who have found success in their respective endeavors, Becoming the Channel offers us a platform where we can explore what it takes to connect with, receive, hold, and transmit wealth consciousness for prosperity on all levels. This is the first step in a journey of many, and I am so excited to share it all with you. Be sure to follow us on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts to stay up to date on new episodes and special content. And now, on with the show. Welcome back to the podcast. I just returned from a seven and eight figure pack leader retreat in Palm Springs, California. And today on the episode, I have a really special guest and dear friend, Elise Bassine joining me. She was at the retreat as well. In fact, we road tripped from Sky Harbor Airport where she arrived from the East Coast all the way out to Palm Springs. And we spent four days together with six other pack leaders. We got to spend some time with wolves, hence the reference to pack. We packed up and we had some really profound insights and transformations that that happened over the course of the retreat. And we're sharing it with you today. So I'm really looking forward to having you listen in on this podcast. This is very behind the scenes. It's raw, it's honest, and it's really changed my perspective on the purpose of business why we are doing the work that we are doing as spiritually intelligent leaders, why we are channeling wealth consciousness. Um, there's just so much. So I can't wait to have you jump into that episode. Before we do, I wanted to just remind you, I have opened up the doors to the McKay Actualization Method Certification Program starting on June 1st. And if you're somebody who is an advanced healer, an expert in your area of transformation. It can be a coach, it can be a consultant, you could be a psychologist, a counselor, you can be a breathwork practitioner, a yoga teacher, anybody who does transformation work, you're really good at your craft, but you're underperforming in business, you're feeling like you're not fulfilling your potential. This certification program is going to be very powerful for you personally, and it's going to add some new tools to your toolbox in terms of timeline regression, timeline collapsing, getting yourself on the highest timeline and helping your clients get themselves on their highest timeline to fulfill their potential. So if that's something that is pinging for you, we're going to put the link in the in the show notes, but I've created a three episode podcast. It's very brief episodes to describe the, the program and to invite you to join us. So if that's something that lands for you, I encourage you to listen to the podcast, the private podcast, and um, get yourself enrolled if that makes sense. We start on June 1st and this is, you know, the the um, the McKay actualization method is something that was given to me years ago, long before I started my P 
PhD or my master's degree, even it was really integral in the early part of my healing. And it is something that if you work with me privately, you have experienced for yourself. It's something that I've been guided to share with a new generations of messengers, thought leaders, and way showers to help you accelerate your own timelines and to get you on your highest and best timeline to fulfill your potential and to really be of the highest service that you can. So I want to invite you to that. And now on with the show. Oh, here we are. Elise and me, Elise and Robin. <laughs> Robin, and from, <laughs> Robin and Elise back from our leadership retreat experience in Palm Springs. And we are, what are we doing? We are just kind of debriefing and talking about it in the best way we know how. I mean, I think that a lot of what happened, there are no words. And I think you and I both know that. But I do think it will be really valuable for us to kind of debrief publicly and just share some of the insights we had around, like I know for me, some of the most profound understandings that I had was more around this depth of why we're really doing this, you know? And like, yes, it's about the money in the sense that like, I feel incredibly um, passionate about awake spiritual women having a lot of money. So in that sense, it's definitely about the money but it's about so much more than that. Um, and, and, you know, I, I think it's so important for us to share the experiences and insights we had being with a group of really awake, high vibe leaders and coming together in person and just kind of what happened for us during that. You said it so much better than I could. I was going to say, we're going to publicly process. <laughs> We are doing that. We are. We are. are. (laughs) I was thinking that a long time ago when I first started my spiritual journey as an adult, I had this, I'll call it a peak experience and like where I just felt at one with the universe. And afterwards I came back into my, my regular world and I didn't know what to do because like, how do you how do you just come back in a normal life after having an experience that changes your life? And one of my teachers wisely told me, I think it's a Buddhist proverb, I'm not sure. But she said, what do you do before enlightenment? You chop wood and you carry water. And what do you do after enlightenment? You chop wood and you carry water. The difference though, for me is that how you chop wood and carry water is completely different. Even though the process is the same, even though the procedures are the same, I'm different. And maybe that's a good place to start with the transformation that we experience during this leadership retreat. Yeah. Cause I know for me, I feel completely different. Um, and it's really not anything that you might be able to notice from the outside. Cause even like, you know, for example, I just sent out an email to my community and which I do, you know, very often. And I said mostly a lot of the same stuff that I always say, but there's a very different energy behind it. And I feel like for me, I was able to access a level of power and leadership within myself that I have not accessed previously. And it reminds me of 
the whole thing reminds me of, and I might've mentioned this on the trip and you, you know, how I like to talk about my younger year experiences with drugs. And when I was um, (laughs) in my teenage years, I did acid and, um, and uh, ecstasy, you know, and we would have these experiences. And I remember having these experiences on acid where you think you figured out life, you know, you think you had, you figured out something huge and you want to be able to harness that and take it back with you when, you know, when the trip is over. And I remember trying to do that every single time. And I would write down these things that I was like, this is it, this is what I need to remember. And I would write it down. And then like the next day after it was over, I would look at what I wrote and I would be like, this makes zero sense, right? So at that time in my life, I was not able to harness it in the way I desired, but now I feel like I am able to. And I remember when um, you we, we were talking about this and I actually was shown energetically in a visual the way that we would be able to harness the energy that we created there and infuse it back into our lives and into our businesses and just into ourselves. So now we have so much more... Of- you know, for me, looking back, you know, 25 years ago till now, I have much more of of an awareness of how to work with my energy and how to take these peak experiences and infuse them into life so that we don't just kind of lose it when we go back into our regular lives. So, and I think by us doing this, it's going to help with that because we're kind of creating something right now that can be like a an anchor into what it is that we want to um, hold and infuse from this experience. So maybe we should start with the wolves. I think so. Well, actually, should we just tell them the whole story that you and I met at Sky Harbor Airport? Yeah. And- <laughs> well, first of all, for In everyone Phoenix. who doesn't know... We just got back from a retreat in Palm Springs with Jennifer Longmore. Um, It was called the seven and eight figure pack leader retreat. So yes. Okay. So um, Robin picked me up at Sky Harbor airport. You can start there (laughs) in Phoenix. You know, I think that the, 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 the journey is as important as the lessons, right? So Elise and I had an opportunity to just be with each other for four hours, four and a half hours uninterrupted, and just really set the tone for the entire time that we were in Palm Springs meeting our longtime uh, business coach and mentor, Jennifer Longmore, and some other very high vibe, awake women leaders. And that was just such a, I think to me, just we know each other and we've known each other for a long time at this point, and we know each other's energy, but just being in 3d with each other was so much fun. And I just had, I had this sense of like, what can we create on this adventure? And I kept on thinking about Thelma and Louise, and I obviously didn't want it to end (laughs) like that. And obviously it didn't, (laughs) but it was, or Bonnie and Clyde or something like that, but it was just so fun to just be with you and to get to know you in your three-dimensional self as well, because we know each other so well energetically, I think at this point. And just even kind of being captivated by our, our experience of traveling to Palm Springs and how I think attitude is everything. Well, we sat in traffic leaving Phoenix and making a decision that we were going to see if we could collapse time and space and play with some 
concepts, some superpowers that have come online for us. And that was that was just such a fun and engaging and connecting time, I think, for for us. I speaking for myself. What did you what comes oh up for God. you around that time? It's, it's so funny because you know, I feel like these are the types of things that I always like say I want to do, but I don't always hold the energy around it. But I feel like when you and I came together, it's just like such a, I just knew that you and I could both hold that energy together to kind of create magic. And there's not a lot of people that I feel like I can hold that energy with, you know? So once we said we were going to collapse time. I just knew that we were going to. And it's funny because I feel like that's the key sometimes to creating these things is just having that knowing, right? Just being like, like you don't, and it's also like, you don't have any attachment to it either. Like I was completely unattached to us collapsing time while we were in traffic. I was just like, oh, that would be fun. Let's just see if we can do it. And we did do it. <laughs> Literally, the I-10 West was brought down to one lane with truck traffic and car traffic, and we never We're lost a moment. We're hardly moving. Hardly we never moving. lost a moment. I don't know. I can't explain it. I just know that we moved through that traffic almost magically, and neither one of us got frustrated or bored or anything. We just kind of rose above it and And before through we it. knew it, it was moving. And there was no time added to the trip. So that was the weird thing is like, I think we were supposed to get there at like 345 or whatever it was. And after we moved to the traffic, we still were supposed to get there at 345. And then like, it was supposed to take four hours and it was still going to take four hours. Like right. it wasn't like it calibrated. It was like still the same. And then the other funny part was when we had to pee <laughs> and we were literally in the middle of the desert with nothing around. And it you was guys, like there were, the exits went to nowhere, <laughs> literally nowhere. I was like, oh, that's an exit. And you were like, that literally goes to like a rock. Like there was. Yeah. <laughs> well, we did see that one porta potty on the side of the road, but oh, opted yeah. out. <laughs> we opted out of that one. <laughs> so yeah, then I'm driving and I said to Elise, I said, let's, what did I say? Collapse time. Yeah. To get to the exit with the bathroom. Uh -huh. And I look over and Elise is doing something. I don't know what even you were doing. I and don't know what I was doing either. I was just like, okay, okay, okay. And I, and I set the intention that we were going to collapse time. And then literally the next thing we knew the exit was about to pass. And I was like, I was, I was literally swerving across the lanes of traffic to hit the <laughs> exit uh, so that we could so that we could get our needs met. So there were just fun things like that that happened early on. And I think that, I think you're right. I think it can't happen. The energy that we both hold allowed some things to happen that may or may not have happened had we been traveling by ourselves or with somebody else. So there is that alchemical magic that happens when two you know, spiritually intelligent leaders get together and do a road trip. <laughs> and and the funny part was is like I knew we were doing this road trip before we even talked about it and like when yes. we decided we were going to go on the trip you reached out to me and you said hey wouldn't it be fun if you flew to Phoenix to and we drove to Palm Springs together and I and I had already seen us doing that and I was like oh I guess that's what we're doing so yes. it was it was totally meant to be um and then it just kind of started to unfold from there 
like we got oh my gosh what when we got to the hotel I don't even think we realized what was about to go down (laughs) no because you know this is not our first rodeo we've been to retreats before but honestly the last time I was at a retreat with Jennifer Longmore was in November of 2019 before the shit show of 2020 happened And during that retreat, we had a very clear message that the world was about to change. Now, in my naivety, in my innocence, my 2019 innocence, I really thought we had like three years before the world would change. But no, no, no. Within three months of that, everything, the world started shutting down and everything started to change. And so I kind of knew going in that like, just given who Jennifer Longmore is, the energy that she holds and embodies so well around wealth consciousness, around expansiveness and elevating consciousness, there was quite a good chance that something extraordinary was going to transpire over the days. However, you know, I'm still, I don't know what to say about that, but the way it unfolded was so different from what I had experienced before that I don't even have words for it. Yeah, I don't think any of us was expecting it. So, I mean, well, I think we should start off with the wolves because that was the first day. And so Jennifer had planned for us to go to this wolf sanctuary, um, which was about an hour and a half in the desert in outside of Palm Springs. And um, it's run by a Apache elder. What is she like a third generation Mm -hmm. Apache elder? Yeah, her um, grandfather, when she was a little girl, told her that she was made to be with the wolves, basically. And so she's been this steward and guardian of wolves in this sanctuary for a long, long time. She's somewhere between 69 and 71 years old and has been, you know, through so much in her life. But she's got this sanctuary that Jennifer had found online and had followed her for a long time. So that that was kind of going in. I mean, that was the whole point of the, not the whole point of the trip, but that was a big piece of it is that we're going to visit a wolf sanctuary. And that's and, why we went to Palm Springs. Yes. Initial, that's why we thought we were going to Palm Springs was because the wolf sanctuary was close enough to that. That was like the biggest place that the wolf sanctuary was close to. But as soon as we got out there on the land, near the wolf sanctuary i mean lydia and i were in well first of all our driver our drive we had this big like mercedes van uh, that took us there and our driver was this man and his name was bliss (laughs) and he rolls in with his kyanite wand and his sage And he's so excited to be with us on this adventure. And, you know, the the integration of that happened a little bit later, but it was just like, it felt very aligned that of course, yeah. somebody named Bliss would be driving us out to the Wolf Sanctuary. And then when we got out there, I just could feel like Lydia and I were in the back seat and we looked over at each other and we were like, there's so much like alien shit going out on <laughs> out here. Like that's what we, cause you could just feel it. Cause it's like, those places out in the middle of the desert where you can just see things like things must happen out here, you know? Well, and you know what I said about those Joshua trees, you all, if you don't know this on my Instagram, I I take pictures of trees that look like they're like 
he, not human, but beings. And I call them tree poses. And so one of them that I took in Sedona looks like a, a sun dancer, a guy dancing in the sun. It's quite remarkable. So these Joshua trees, I look out in the desert and all I can see is that there are all these, you know, dudes out in the desert. They're, you know, disguised as Joshua trees, but they're really energetically something quite different than what you would expect a Joshua tree to be. Like they have a consciousness to them. Yeah. So that was... Um, that was that popped up on my radar for sure yeah so then when we get there the the woman who was you know the Apache elder Tanya she starts telling us all of these crazy stories I mean it was very much a cross between like very disjointed like stories where you could hardly follow her and you could dismiss her as crazy and I think a lot of it was true and she's tuned into something like very wild. Like it, so it was really interesting to kind of, Jennifer and I were talking about how we were like there and I'm sure you as experienced this too, where we were like able to hold multiple perspectives at the same time. Like I could see her as like clinically probably insane. And then like spiritually, completely gifted and aware and also like this incredible steward of the land and the wolves mm -hmm. so it was just really really interesting to experience all of that and I feel like you know a lot of people wouldn't have been able to take that in in the same way however I do think because just judging from the other people that were there I think once you get into that land I do think there's an energy there that like kind of brings you into a different level of consciousness. It does. I was reflecting because, you know, I, my background is in clinical psychology. And so I'm always listening for that. And I know here's something that just really offends me is when spiritually intelligent people get labeled as crazy, right? So yeah. when we look at this woman, Tanya, who's got, she's a steward of the land. She's a steward of the wolves. She is a storyteller I was reflecting on how to understand her perspective or her world after you know, on, basically on our way home. And it occurred to me, my guides called her a weaver. Like she takes yeah. threads from all of the different perspectives and weaves them together into a story. And I always pay attention to, can I track? Can I track with her? I was able to track with her and I was able to jump perspectives like you and like many yeah. of us were able to. And also understanding that, you know, things are marred by, that perspective can be marred by trauma, by generational, genetic, societal, and cultural miasms, by the miasms in land and so on. But all this to say, while I was on the property, I just noticed how I just, to your point, was able to just integrate with it and experience it for what it was and receive the wisdom, receive the perspective that was most important for me or most valuable for me, not to take it, but to receive it. And then also to be able to contribute to the spirit of the land and the wolves and, and Tanya and so on as well. Does that make sense? Totally makes sense. And I, I felt that way too. And I also felt like um, what I received, I, it was interesting because 
you know, I had had a lot come up before the retreat as people do. And it was interesting because I didn't even like put two and two together, but I perfectly was also PMSing right before the retreat. <laughs> so that like helped bring for cause that always brings stuff up for me emotionally. And it really br brought up some very deep, um, ancestral programming that I was ready to release that I needed to release on that trip. A lot of it was like these deep seated. It's interesting. I feel like I release and process things for the collective a lot. And I feel like, um, this was part of what I was releasing for myself and the collective on this trip was around, um, like discord, like being at war with myself, making mm -hmm. myself wrong, um, self-hatred, that kind of stuff that I feel like has been programmed into us. And I feel like I, that was really coming up for me really strong before the trip. And I knew that I was going to shift that. And when I got to the wolves, it was coming up for me pretty strongly. And I had this moment when we would, cause I think it was maybe around the second or third one that she brought out, maybe the darker one, the girl. Yeah. Um, I was sitting there and I turned my head, I guess I had been looking one way and I turned my head and looked the other way. And all of a sudden everything looked different. Like, and it wasn't like I could explain how it looked different because it looked the same, but different. And I felt an energy leaving my body and I felt a release happening where I felt a shift in that energy that had been brought up for release. And again, I do feel like I was transmuting it for the collective. Because a lot of times I get this message from my guides when I feel particularly heavy or burdened by energy. I'm like, what is this? Like, why am I feeling this way? And I get this message that I'm transmuting the collective energy. So I felt that way. And I knew part of it was me, obviously, too, but I could feel this deep release in the presence of the wolves and just in the energy of that land. But it was really interesting because at the time I didn't necessarily have words for it. I just felt the energy shift. Things look different to me. And I felt an energy leave my body. So that was really interesting. And I do feel like that was the medicine that I received from the wolves. Um, but it was interesting because I know what come, what was coming up for, or what we had talked about coming up for people is like, you know, how you relate to the wolves, right? Like whether you want their attention or you think, you mm -hmm. know, they should come over to you or all of that stuff. I didn't have much of that. For me, it was just more like, I was kind of just allowing myself to feel the energy of the land and like allowing that process to unfold. So it was really, really interesting. And I'm glad we're talking about this because after everything else that happened, I kind of forgot about that part. <laughs> I am too, because what I was reflecting on, you know, I've done a lot of work in equine assisted leadership, team building therapy. And anytime I bring a group or even an individual into the arena with horses, I'm always curious about how they're going to respond to the horses, what they're thinking about, what projections they have about the horses. So I, I applied that to myself before we started out on the retreat. And I was my, here's what came up for me is that I wondered, I was really nervous. I wanted them to accept me and I wanted them to like me. So it really brought up this sort of deep-seated lone wolf energy that I've carried with me for a long, long time. I think that I always say, 
you know, grown up smart girls can reflect back in like our third grade group project that we had to do where nobody did anything except me. And, you know, I just, that, that was kind of the energy that I calibrated to. So I was worried about that a little bit, but you know, my, so I have a great, great grandmother on my dad's side of the family who is first nations Cree is, was first nations Cree. And I've always been connected with her and had a respect and reverence for the First Nations community and people. And I think that that largely drove my early work during my transformation in, you know, I studied with the Foundation of Shamanic Studies. I really was deeply invested in understanding this aspect of me, who I am and how I'm meant to serve, even though I have blonde hair and blue eyes and I'm largely Nordic in my genetic makeup. Certainly I have this deep connection with my grandmother, Mary, um, and so even before we arrived at the reserve, I had been doing work, energy work, grid work, relations work between me, us, our, our pack and, and Tanya's pack just to, because I felt called to do that more than anything else. I think that that was my contribution to, to the, to the gestalt, to the whole of it but also just really understanding when I got on property, all of that fear of not being accepted, not being liked, didn't even occur to me. I just stepped into that space and knew that I was where I was meant to be in my element. Very, I felt very confident. I wasn't worried about whether the wolf was going to mark me or not mark me or be rejected or be rejected by the wolf or whatever. It just became this, it became very clear to me that that was an old story, an old narrative that I had experienced from when I was young. I think what smart girl has not been rejected by her peers in her life. If you know one, please at least tell me. Um, <laughs> but the, you know, that, that feeling disconnected from the community was something that largely just to your point, just dissipated, I think for me. And then as I, in the corner and we left the retreat that or the uh, preserve that day I just thought well this is so evident that this can show up in my life in other ways other than just one-on-one -on -one with the wolf if that makes sense yeah 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 so I mean that whole experience was pretty wild in itself and I feel like that could have been you know largely what we all needed but we could have just been done we could have just been done <laughs> there spot yeah but then we went into two days of masterminding the third day oh my god the third day if we started at nine how many hours were we going we went to 15 hours we didn't yeah. finish until about midnight by yeah. choice by the way this was all choice it was not anything other than that. It just was how the day flowed. And, you know, I was, do you want to talk a little bit about like, because in masterminds, if you've never sat in a, in a group mastermind like this, we each had an opportunity to just present an aspect of our business because we are business leaders. That was why we were there and we can make anything into a metaphor, including wolves and how it relates to our businesses. But from your perspective on your, when you were in the spotlight for the mastermind, what was the thing that really stood out for you about your experience or how you would apply it to your business? 
Well, it's interesting. I feel like for me, I'm so like part of the way I navigate my life and business is really through my own internal relationship with myself, right? And and just being able to notice the ways that that really is the only thing that I need to know in order to shift my business, right? Because it's interesting and and being someone who reads the Akashic Records as well, for me, when I started my business and I got into this world of like, you know, online business, I was able to tap into like the Akashic record, the energy frequency of what it meant to run an online business and could really get all of the information I needed on a strategic level, right? To run a business. And and once I was able to do that, I've been really good with being able to come up with different ideas and strategies. I'm not a genius at that. It's not my favorite thing to do, but it was never the thing that like, I feel like I needed to necessarily talk about. I'm open to good ideas and I love hearing other people's business ideas and strategies. But for me, it's been so much about changing the way I'm relating to myself and changing the way I'm showing up um, in a leadership energy. And for me, it was really interesting because my my hot seat ended up being kind of um, like not planned because I brought up something that had come up for me, which was around, of course, my relationship with Matt. And my audience knows so much of my business growth has been around shifting my relationship with Matt. And I'm actually getting ready to do a masterclass on this called Relationship Currency, where I'm talking all about how to use your relationships to grow your business. So for me, it was interesting because I did this thing and I'll just share the little story because it's funny. So once I landed in Phoenix, I realized I got a text from Matt saying that I had accidentally taken the car keys with me on the trip, right? And it's interesting because every time I go away, I end up in these situations where I did something to annoy him or piss him off, right? And this came up in the mastermind and Jennifer, we really unpacked it, right? And for me, so much of the leadership energy and the next level was about me relinquishing responsibility for other people, including my clients. And this is this is really hard to even describe because it's such an energetic paradigm shift. And we can talk about it. Like I can talk about setting boundaries. I can talk about not people pleasing. I can talk about, you know, allowing clients to be in their leadership energy and leading themselves and all of that. But it's an energetic paradigm shift within myself that only I can know, right? Like, because I'm the one who has to show up in allowance of other people having their experience without me feeling responsible for it or without me energetically, like making it mean something about me. And one of the things that I really felt deeply for myself and my own energetic experience of is like, what would it be like for me to run my business from the energy of just fully enjoying it for me, because I'm enjoying it not making it about other people and what their experiences are or what I think they need or what I think they want and making it fully about my own enjoyment. 
And that is a huge thing for me because my whole life, I have been completely immersed in the experiences of other people and not being able to, to separate myself and my experience from other people's experiences. Now I get that that's my superpower because when I was a school counselor, I could sit in a room and literally know what everyone at the table, not only how they were feeling, but what their needs were, what they wanted and how I could meet them at that time. You know what I mean? So it's like such a paradigm shift for me to be able to take that ability and use it in a way that's beneficial for myself and serves me. And obviously it serves my clients, but it's a, a huge energetic shift. And I think that's the biggest thing that I got out of it was really being able to have an experience of what that energy could be for me and understanding the way that it can be in my relationship and how I can use the way that I'm showing up there by, you know, not having any kind of emotional reaction to like Matt being mad about the keys or whatever it is, you know, um, and how that shifts my energy as a leader. So that for me was one of the biggest things. I remember just watching that unfold for you and kind of using the the car keys as the as the linchpin in all of this. But well, it's so funny because we always have these really funny things like that. Like like it's it's about a sponge or it's about the lights or it's about whatever like there's always those little things but they represent so much more. You know, and I did have a really amazing experience last night where I got home and, you know, I could tell that Matt was feeling tired from, you know, being by himself with the kids for all this time. And I could see him starting to go into like this childlike thing of kind of like poking at me a little bit. And I was able to hold my energetically just hold so strongly with him that like, the energy shifted immediately because like what he was trying to do, I wasn't hooking into and the energy just shifted so quickly into us having such an amazing, like intimate time together that it was really wild how I could really feel this powerful energy shift within me. All because of your shift. All because of my shift and like, and just the way that I'm able to experience that through our relationship, you know, which is really, really cool. So that was one of the biggest things for me, just me personally. Right. Yeah. And I mean, that's all we can do is speak from our personal experiences on this adventure we were on for sure. What about for you? You know, I went into my hot seat. I'm launching my certification program for the McKay actualization method. And this has been a long time coming, but I made the decision on May 1st to do that. And I had in my head, as I do, that I needed to create a funnel. I'm blinking as I say that. And what I wanted support on was to create the funnel for this beautiful certification program. 
what ended up happening was so beautiful because, and so in alignment with who I am, I run my business on relationship currency, to your point. I, my, my private business, my private coaching is largely referral based. And the connections that I develop with colleagues like you and with the other women in the room and so on, just that's what, that's, what's always worked best in my business. That speaking in front of people on podcasts, on keynotes and things like that. Those are the things that have always created an influx and, and uh, a real invitation for people to come in to my company. But I still wanted to create a funnel, at least because, <laughs> because, you know, when you look at what's going on in the marketplace, we still, at least for me, I still get kind of like that, that bro marketing bullshit that's out there still has a big kind of pull or draw. Like these are the steps that you have to go through. So what ended up happening, uh, Nicole was there and I remember, and Nicole is actually going to be on the podcast too. I think you guys just had one as well. Nicole's on my podcast too. Nicole, our unicorn. We love Nicole. And I watch her, she's sitting right beside me and I see her like holding her mouth closed as I'm talking. And I'm like, what's going on? She said, I have beads in my mouth. And she proceeded to download this beautiful idea and beautiful concept for me on how this actually works. And it's all based on what? Collaboration and relationships. Yeah. And I was so relieved by that, first of all, because it's completely in alignment with how, you know, I've been advised in the past by Jennifer Longmore, by, you know, the things that have worked for me in the past. And here's the thing that came through. I remember Jennifer looked at me at the end of my podcast, at the end of my podcast, at the end of my, (laughs) that too, maybe at the end of my, my hot seat. And she said, no more lone wolf. And when you think about, when I thought about that, my first concern going into the wolf experience was, are they going to accept me? That's lone wolf Uh getting kicked out of the community there's that woundedness. And I'm not saying I'm wounded now, but there was that kind of that tendril of, of fear of disconnection and having that experience, whether it's in this lifetime or a parallel lifetime or whatever of not having, not being part of the community. Yeah. And as I said, what occurred to me, even when I was out with the wolves is that I don't have to worry about that anymore. And I haven't had to worry about it for a long time. And yet it still was sort of on the periphery. So by the end of my hot seat, I was like, oh, never mind. I don't have to worry about that. So I can just go into my spaces, go into other people's spaces and just be myself. Mm-hmm. And it's what I've said to my, I say this to my clients all the time. You're not Nutella. You're not for everybody. And I know that, but I knew that in theory and in my, my cognitive processing, but now it's dropped down into my bones. And so now it's an innate knowing. Yeah. And I think it's funny how we often try to overcomplicate things or make them into something they're not when we already kind of know the answer. Um, and I think that's what that was for you too, where it was like, you were trying to overcomplicate it by doing the thing that you see other people doing. And I think this is a really good point. And I say this all the time about business. When we have, when you have your own business, especially of this nature, you have to do things your own way. 
You mm-hmm. have to. And it's great to look at what other people are doing and get ideas or even just like tune into a frequency of what people are doing, you know? And that's what's so helpful for me. Like being with all of those women at the retreat, like I'm not them and I'm not going to do everything the way they do it, but just to kind of tune into a frequency of where people are vibing at and being like, oh, that makes sense to me or, oh, like, and and allow that frequency to kind of spark something within you of your own way of doing something. That's what it's all about. It's not about a formula. It's not about doing what someone else is doing. It's about allowing other people's trajectory, other people's experiences and other people's energy to spark something within you that might not have been sparked before. And I think we did so much of that. And like one of the biggest things that I felt was so amazing is the way that we really kind of came together to help each other out create the things that we thought were in the way. Right. Like where it's like, okay, well, I think this is my issue. And it's like, well, really, are you just being invited to create something that's beyond that, something that transcends that and really just realizing that we have the ability in business to transcend paradigms, to collapse timelines, to create the answer to something that was previously unanswerable. And that's one of the biggest things that I took away as well, just on the business side, just on the business side (laughs) and just on the business side, I want to just amplify something that came through as I was listening to you. You know, my podcast is called becoming the channel. And to your point about tuning into the frequency, I think one of the biggest mistakes I've made in the past, maybe you have too. Um, and I'm sure that some of our listeners are going to relate to this, is we look at other people's way of doing things. And there's this false belief that if I emulate this person, I will experience her results. Right. To your point, though, we have to go up to a meta level. We can't look at the the output. We can't look at the the product, the way the that they're expressing, yeah. you have to look at the frequency of it. What is the frequency? And to your point, to tune into the frequency and channel the frequency that is most aligned with what you're wanting to create is going to produce original results, original content, magnetic content, because you're channeling a specific frequency and it's coming through your perspective. Exactly. Not, yeah. well, what is, you know, what's Elise doing? Oh, let me see what Elise is doing. And copycat her that's a very immature approach to business first of all and secondly it yields little and limited results and all you do is end up looking like a copycat right but when we when we tune into the frequency to your point then we have access to that infinity of all that is possible that gets channeled through me and me as an individual or you as an individual, it can look very different. You and I could be channeling the same frequency Mm -hmm. and have a completely unique and original expression of that frequency in our businesses. Exactly. Yeah. And I think it's so important for people to understand that because especially in the beginning, it can be really Um, easy to just look at what someone else did and emulate it. Right. And like, that's one of the things that 
you know, when I first started my business and Matt, you know, built all these funnels for me. And I thought that's what I should do because that's what online businesses do, but it never resonated with me. I never felt good about it. And now I'm tearing it all down. Um, I've gradually torn it all down, but now I'm really tearing it all down. Whoa, I just got deja vu. I feel like I said that before. <laughs> I'm burning it down. I'm burning it down. Not in like a way where I don't, because I love my business, but just that aspect, it just actually doesn't resonate with me. And that has worked for a lot of people, but it's just not for me. And every time I would tune into it. I would feel like, oh, like I don't like that. I don't like automated stuff for the most part. And I also don't like, like there's this way where I don't like people, not other, well, I don't like other people writing content for me. And I also don't like things going out without me putting them out. And right. I don't even know if that's a control thing. I actually don't. I think it's just because I like to feel that inspired connection that inspired action that is relevant in the moment in that particular moment not you know something that's been set up beforehand or something like that so anyway that's right. just an example of the way that you know we think that we have to do things a certain way and yes there are strategies that work in business there is really important logical practical things that you want to do but it also has to be through the lens of what really resonates with you and your energy. And that takes a deep introspection and yep. learn and healing. The, yourself. Yeah. I mean, that's something that can happen over a period of time. And I know we can quicken that through the energy work and the Akashic records and all of the things that we do. This is one of the reasons you do your work and I do my work is to shorten that timeline because you're not to the point of being the lone wolf. You're not meant to walk this path of 5D ascended business timelines by yourself. That's just dumb and it's ineffective if I can well, be so blunt. Yeah. And that just kind of leads me into like, I, I do want to talk about the magic and the last night. Um, of the trip. And I know, again, there's not going to be a way that we can fully describe this, but I just want people to understand because for me, one of the biggest things, and like, I know that I'm really psychic and I know that I'm really tuned in and I know that I can get potent, powerful information a lot. And I know you can too, mm -hmm. but being with everybody else, who's also like that yes. in a room like for me, I am still completely blown away at the way that we were able to receive information psychically and work with the energy that came through for us to work with. Because yes, we went to Palm Springs for the wolf sanctuary, but we were there for a lot of other reasons that we didn't know about until we started channeling the energy there and working with the energy of the land and doing some really deep healings on what we saw in the land. Um, and that kind of stuff um, really just kind of blew me away. And it also really solidified for me that if you are called to start a business, if you're called to heal, if you're called to 
shift things in this way to be a spiritual entrepreneur, it's for a much deeper reason than you even realize. And even if you think it's hard and even if you're scared, like you have to move forward with it because we were shown a much deeper reason why we're doing this. And I don't even know that we have words for how we were shown it. And what I took away from our nocturnal experience, and I said this to somebody the other day, I said, you can't get a group of spiritually intelligent leaders in a room together and not expect something to happen, something powerful. And certainly it did. And when it came to business, what I realized, I had been thinking about my business like you know, I write letters to my business and I, I have a relationship with it, but I had never thought of it in this way. And you had, you had brought this forward, I think on our drive home, when you talked about business as a portal, uh-huh. can you give your perspective on business as a portal? Cause that was one of the key, I think, takeaways from this experience that we had. Yeah. So I feel, so the business as a portal is, so I can see very clearly that so many of us came onto the planet with specific work that we wanted to do here, specific frequencies we wanted to hold, specific things we wanted to shift, specific people that we were meant to align with, to, to help, to guide, to support, to share with um, that would have a specific, um, alchemization energy to the different timelines and things on the planet that we came here to, to shift, right? So the business is the portal of doing that, right? And the business has brought all of us together, like all of the people that you're meant to to know and to share energy with and all of the people that I'm meant to know and share energy with have come through our businesses or because we have the business, right? Mm -hmm. So the business is a portal to do the work that you're meant to do on the planet, right? And, And it's a way of making a claim that you're here to do that work. And it's almost like, you know, the light is on and you're open and you're ready to do it. So the business is the way that you move the energy and alchemize the energy that you came to the planet to alchemize, because we all came here to shift things, to shift timelines, to change the trajectory of where we're going and transmute the, the programming and the evil forces for lack of a better word, um, which we did that night, um, and, and really change things. And the business is the portal of doing that because without the business, how would we be doing that? So that's what it really is. So it's so much more than a business. It's so much more than just, you know, service and money. It's so much more than an LLC or an S corp. And what I realized, I've always thought about my business as like a vortex or um, 
you know, I've always thought of it as consciousness, but I've had this picture recently come through that it's not like a vortex to me is horizontal. The portal is vertical. Mm-hmm. And so when people are coming in to shake hands with me or to shake hands with you and say, yes, I want to be part of your world, there are activations, there are codes, there are frequencies that are transmitted through by, by virtue of that handshake by virtue of the stepping into that are not possible unless and until we really take ownership of those portals, I'll say. The other thing that occurred to me too, is that I, admittedly, I have been flying under the radar. Maybe you have too. Mm -hmm. And I know that a lot of our people, we talk about it in spiritual entrepreneur circles as we have visibility issues. And I don't think so much for me, it's a visibility issue. It could be a little bit of that, but for whatever reason, I literally, I had this thought come through last night that I've been flying under the radar for long enough. And I said to my guides last night, I am willing to be on the radar, Mm -hmm. willing to be on the radar. And because when you fly under the radar, there's safety in not being seen fully. There is safety in, you know, I'm helping, I'm still helping people. I've always been helping people. I've always yeah. been transforming people, but when you're on the radar, there people can take shots at you too, not just people, but malevolent energies can energies. take shots at you. Yeah. We're all being observed to some degree when you fly above the radar and you're on the radar, there's a different level of responsibility. And I knew last night when I said that to my guides, I'm ready, I'm willing to be on the radar. I know that I am fully protected in being on the radar because in part, I have my pack, Mm -hmm. right? I have you all who were there with me in that space. And I know that you have my back and I've got your back. And that is a very different energy than when you run around and operate as a lone wolf, guess what? You've got to watch your back. You got to watch your front, you got to all the things. And it's very difficult to actually fully express the work that you're here to express. So that was really, does that make sense? Oh my God, totally. Well, this is what I, you know, tell people with my mastermind too, Accelerated Wealth. It's literally like coming into a pack of people who have your back. So it feels safer to show up and be seen. You know, because it's like, yes, with the business, obviously everyone has their own business, but when you pack up, you are safe to be seen in the brilliance of who you are because, and it's not like, you know, you need other people to be safe, but it's more just like coming together and holding this energy together that is impenetrable. Because the power of everybody together is so much greater than, you know, when we're apart. So that's why we have these powerful communities where we lead the pack and allow people to come together and hold that really powerful, strong energy where not only are you safe to be seen, but you're safe to grow. And that's really, really where the power comes in. Cause I think a, why a lot of people hold themselves back from growth is they don't feel safe foundationally to kind of root down and feel that relaxed energy to grow and to shine and to take off in the way that they know they're meant to. And it's funny that you told your guides that because my guides were telling me 
I can't remember if it was on the plane or if it was when I was, when I woke up at your house yesterday, I don't remember, but they were like, it's time for you to really be the star. Yeah. You know, and it all goes back to, and and I've always known I was meant to be a star. Like it goes back to being Darth (laughs) in second grade play and then how that kind of shifted things for me of like, is it okay for me to be the star? Do I need to be, feel bad for people who aren't the stars? You know what I mean? And it's kind of that thing that Jennifer always says, where it's like, the sun doesn't apologize for shining. You just put sunglasses on and you move on with your life, you know? So I got that very strong message as well, because when we do that, it's actually in service to everyone and the planet. Everyone, everyone. Yeah. Before we came into the retreat, I saw this image of the eight of us standing in what I can only describe as superhero poses, Yeah, like in a line. Now we never, that's that picture never happened, but I, I, my guys were just showing me this, like in any kind of gathering of like in a Marvel comics or X-Men or whatever, any kind of gathering of the originals, Mm-hmm. there's this, we come in separately with our own superpowers. We come in with our own abilities. We come in with our own gifts one by one. And you see this in movies over and over again. There's somebody out there whose abilities come online and they're by themselves. And then by virtue of, you know, the comic book writers, of course, but in this case, you know, the calling together of this group of people, we come and unite. Mm-hmm. And it is in the, in being united that our full power comes online. Yep. And so I would say by the end of the retreat, that is the image that I hold of us as guardians of, of oh, of so much, of yeah. original templates and how the earth is supposed to be, the new earth, the earth that we are ascending into, the work that we are meant to be doing, guardians of that, time, I'll call it a timeline and frequency. Timeline, yeah. And I'm looking for words here. Maybe you can take take it from there. I feel like I just passed the frequency over well, to you. Yeah. To give more. I, yeah. So I feel like, you know, what ended up happening, just to kind of give people a little bit of context, is what ended up happening is after you know, when we did mastermind, so much healing had occurred for so many of us, deep traumas were unearthed and transmuted by the group. And, you know, things that many of us weren't even aware of that we were carrying had the ability to arise and be transmuted because of the power that the group was holding. And again, that just shows you the power of bringing people together and how the energy of that and the intention of that will bring forward anything that is not an energetic match for that so that it can be cleared and transmuted. So that's one of the reasons why we have groups. But so even within that, there was so much healing that occurred throughout those two days of of masterminding and the third day of the wolves. But then, um, you know, we had our little you know, a little gathering at the end where we had a sound bath and we got henna and it was lovely. 
And then, you know, we just were all kind of circled up, ready to complete. And something occurred where we just started tuning into the energy of the land and the energy of, of what was there. And I know for me, I was shown literally so many things within the energy of the land that was being held there that needed to be shifted. And it just kind of went on from there. And we were taken mm-hmm. on a journey to heal and clear so many different things that were shown to us that we needed to heal and clear within our own consciousnesses, within the consciousness of the land, within the collective consciousness. And we all, and it was so crazy to me too, because God bless Nicole Googling everything because you <laughs> we were all getting these like psychic messages. Like I was getting these, I, I was shown complete images of what was happening underneath the land that we were on. And then Nicole Googled it. And like the image that I saw psychically was exactly what was actually there. And mm-hmm. it was really fucking wild to have that in real time because I never Google anything. Matt and I always joke because he's like, you know, you can Google that. I'm like, whatever. Like I never, why, why would, why would we do that? <laughs> why would I do that? I already know. So it was like, but it was really cool to see that the, the messages that were coming through for us we're actually backed up by like real things on Google where we saw things that had happened. We saw what was happening underneath the land and it actually is true, like mm-hmm. you know, factually. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we were able to do so much energy work to like collapse timelines. And we were actually able to see like a timeline, you know, a malevolent timeline that was kind of being imposed on the the land and the frequency of the collective that we were able to come in and shift which is freaking wild i mean we were joking the next day about how we went to war with the evil forces but it was really true i mean and, and that again shows you the power of us coming together because that's not work that we would any of us would be doing on our own but coming together and being able to like bounce off of each other's energy and i was just blown away for me at literally as we started going down the rabbit hole of just tuning into you know what we were seeing the amount of information i was able to get and you and jennifer and everybody but like mm-hmm. i think there was like also i could feel this like triangle between me you and jennifer where we yeah. were just yeah. like bouncing the energy off of each other and that i just got chills that was fucking incredible. Yeah. I don't remember what the details are. And I think that those aren't as nearly as important as the process, but the energetic, I remember making eye contact with you at one point and completing that triangle because whatever was going on was requiring the the power of three. And obviously there were more people in the room, but that particular triangle was very important. And, you know, I think too, that Talking about, I want to go back to chop wood, carry water. That was a transformational experience, not just for us, but to your point, to the land, to the people of of the place, um, and but to the timelines as well. You know, in the in my certification program, it's all timeline regression. That's the kind of the crux of what what happens in the certification program is learning how to collapse timelines, reclaim aspects of your consciousness from, you know, the past, from past your past experience in this life, 
in you other lifetimes. Me, not to interrupt you, but before I forget, I just want to say when I had the car accident and you did that yeah. process with me that you're going to be teaching, it worked immediately. Yeah. Immediately. It was wild. It is wild. And that was given to me at the very beginning of my adult journey to awakening to these abilities that I have in terms of timeline jumping, timeline hopping, and these other ancient gifts that are available to us that kind of get talked about like in comic book terms, like telepathy. Like, remember, Elise, we had that whole conversation telepathically in the car on the way home around (laughs) She was getting ready to take a rest. And I telepathically said, can I turn up the music? And she answered telepathically and I turned up the music. And then finally you said, I just, I just telepathically told you, you could turn it up. I said, I know I telepathically asked you. So there are these ancient gifts that are coming online and I am speaking. I want to just contextualize this for us. We, Elise has a master's degree in counseling. I have a PhD in psychology, like this, like When I look at, and I think you can speak to this too, just from the professional lens as well, when we look at these gifts and abilities that are coming online for us, what I see is that there is an activation, excuse me, ready to take place for the people who are in our worlds. Yeah. We're bringing back this activation and elixir to our communities that they, so that they can activate, they can have those activated in themselves as well, because that is actually what is required for these higher level timelines to be able to form and accelerate. A hundred percent. And it's so interesting because right before I left, one of my clients, she's a private client, but she also is in my mastermind. She had an opening where all of a sudden she is a medium and, you know, she was very psychic and everything. And she was doing, she was doing a lot of healing work with people, but all of a sudden she got the message that she was a medium and now she's doing mediumship. And it was just like, it was like instant, you know, and that's what happens when a, you come together with women who are on the same timeline, who are doing what you're doing. And B, when you do the healing work, it's like this stuff just, just happens, you know? And I think that's happening for so many people, even, um, and she won't mind me bringing her up Lydia too. Cause Lydia has been on my podcast many times and my community knows her. She, I feel like really came into contact with her. I mean, I knew she had these, you and I knew she had these psychic abilities, but I don't think she realized it to the degree that she did on this trip. So you know, I, I think there's, there's such power in, in bringing the community together, because I agree with you, everybody, especially if they're in our communities are feeling this connection to us or people like us, your abilities are about to pop. And all you need to do is do what you're guided to do to support that. I want to say one more thing about new abilities coming online. And this has been true throughout the generations, especially with spiritually intelligent women, those of us who have the capacity to alter consciousness in the service of ourselves or other people, and who use spiritual and energetic tools and practices in order to bring about real real world transformation. When our abilities come online, some of them come on very young as mine did and as yours did, Elise, some of them 
wait to emerge a little bit later in our lives. There is an automatic question, especially as an adult, am I crazy? And this is why I said I take such offense to that word being used in our community, especially among these, these precious gifts that we have. Yeah. And so here's the thing is that when you're a lone wolf, when you're out there on your own, having these remarkable experiences, these, these knowings, these timeline jumps, these, I'll call them weird or wild experiences that we've all had. If there is no community or collective around you to nod assent and say, yes, I understand. Yes, I believe you. And if you are going to the people who have never had the experiences or who I said yesterday in my Facebook, I take offense to the knuckle draggers and the, the emotionally inept bullies who continue to call our gifts too woo or too touchy feely. Um, if you're going to people like that, the knuckle draggers and the emotionally inept, the spiritually closed, you are going to feel like you are crazy because that is a lens through which they view you. It is now more important than ever before for you to find your community. Yeah. What is her name? Clarissa Pinkolas. She wrote Women Who Run With the Wolves. Oh, yeah. Wait, and on. she said, I don't, I don't have her whole name. I always forget it. But she said one time, sometimes you have to howl in order for your pack to find you. Mm -hmm. So for me today, as I reflect on my experience with the wolf pack and our pack forming of the originals, I'm considering this day, this podcast, my howl. And I, I'll bet that you are considering that your howl as well, yeah. just to know that we are here for you, that we um, are here. Yeah. It's so important. I love that you said that because it reminds me of just being a kid and the experiences I had and never saying it. I never said it until I was older and it really did make me feel um, alone and also just made me shut it down because I had like one of the most powerful ways to embody and solidify your gifts is by sharing them. And if you don't share it, then you have no way of processing it. You have no way of claiming it and embodying it. So it's so, so important to put yourself around people that you can really just truly be yourself around and be supported in that. So I think that's you know, probably one of the most important things for us to get across today. I think so too. I think that the, the mental health component of spiritual awakening, growth and development is understanding that, yeah, through certain lenses, you can look, I mean, listen, if somebody had been in the corner that night of the night that we were doing all of the big work, they would have thought we were all on acid, as you said. I've never been on acid, by the way, so I don't know what that's like, but um, <laughs> that was when I said, this is always what I was going for when I did acid <laughs> all those times. <laughs> you know, from the outside looking in, it probably would look, I'll use the word that I don't like to use. It pr would probably look crazy, but when you get the frame of people, when you have the, the frame of people who are psychologically mature, psychologically healthy, can have the capacity to receive and hold 
big information and big energy like we did, it's not crazy. It's actually a quite effective way at transmuting and alchemizing so much of what is required for us to accelerate our ascension. Yeah, a hundred percent. So yeah, I mean, I think this is a good place to kind of wrap up because it feels like we kind of said it all. So is there any last words that you want to share or anything else you want to say about anything? (laughs) There is one last thing. And here was my big takeaway. That there's no need to chase or pursue. There's no need to even toggle between being and becoming. You just be it. And that's a decision. And that's something that came through very clearly during this time that I was there. Just be it. I got something very, very similar where it's just like deciding that you are the version of you who, you know, whatever it is, like has the seven figure business or has the six figure months or whatever it is. Right. And it doesn't even have to be about money, but those are just really good examples of, you know, I love to use money as an analogy because it holds such an energy of like a, a place, like a, a, a vision, a version of you. And it really holds something. Right. So it's like, okay, you just decide I'm, I am the version of me who, who is that? And you just be that and you hold yourself in that energy. And like, I like to use it as a marker of like, when you are moving through the world, when you're taking actions, when you are making decisions, you act as that version of you, you know? And then when you come up against anything, it's like, okay, well, what would that version of me do? And gradually you just become her. And, and that was what was so powerful for me too. So thank you for sharing that. Elise, I love you. I love you too. <laughs> and we, we love all of you. And I'm so grateful that we're here together and the journey continues. Chop wood, carry water. Yes. Thank you. And thank everybody for listening. Um, we love you. Well, there you have it. Another episode of Becoming the Channel is in the books. Let me know if you thought this was helpful and inspiring. And if it was, be sure to take a screenshot and share it to social media and then tag me at Dr.RobinMcKay and at Becoming the Channel podcast so I can repost it and say a big thank you for sharing because it really does help support the show and our community. If you loved what you learned today, I'd love it if you'd leave a five-star review on the podcast so that even more people can join us on this journey of ascension. Thanks so much for tuning in and I'll chat with you again soon.